0: Do I look handsome enough on camera to get this thing to be watched?
1: It's with your Clark Kent glasses? Yes, absolutely. I just Nobody want people to would know. even know. See, take them off. See, that's how, that's how Perry uh, White never figured out that Superman and Clark Kent were the same person. Because of those fucking <laughs> glasses.
0: I just want people to know that I'm very intelligent. That's why I wear the glasses.
1: Welcome to the podcast. We're here with Jordan Feigenbaum, MD. Uh, Jordan is a uh, starting straight coach. She's one of our staff coaches on the seminar circuit. And, uh, you probably know who he is. He's, uh, almost as famous as, uh, Jane Fonda. And, uh, as a result, we're going to talk to Jordan for a while today and let's First, welcome, Jordan, to the podcast. What the hell's going on, man?
0: Uh, Not much, just enjoying my last few days of freedom before I switch over to nights, and I think uh, forfeit all of my my gains.
1: So you just moved to California, right? Where are you living in California? Santa Monica, right on the beach. The center Um, of the bodybuilding universe. Yeah, the uh, yeah the uh, yards Repu- from Muscle Beach, <laughs> the People's
0: Republic yes. of Santa Monica. Uh, well, I an, by, what an yeah. interesting little town that is. I was it actually
1: is. there in nineteen. I was there in nineteen seventy eight, and I was in the original Gold's Gym, and I think it was on Third Street, mm-hmm. little storefront downtown, and uh, uh, yeah, that was before uh, they were. Uh, anything except one gym in 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 santa monica it was a interesting place i'd been reading the muscle magazines and so it was uh important to make a pilgrimage out there uh when i was a kid and uh drove out there and uh i I wonder what's there now i wonder if they still have an operated gym out of that location
0: so i'm not sure what the original third street so third street's now the promenade which is basically a huge shopping, bar, restaurant district. That's a block away from me. Um, it's you can't access it by car, so you got to walk there. Ah. The the mecca urban is so Yeah, so the mecca is down in Venice, right. which is uh, it's about a mile south here. I, the gym I train at is near there. And uh, everybody asks me that they say you go to you go to Gold's, you go to the mecca. I'm like I went there once.
1: Uh, I think that was a different location, and I I am pretty sure that in '78. Uh, that place was on Third Street and it was a long, narrow storefront and uh, they were shooting uh, uh, a bodybuilding uh, photo thing that day for Muscle, which was the previous name of Muscle and Fitness. And uh, who was that? Uh, Bill Grant was the bodybuilder's name. Bill Grant was the guy they were shooting that day. And I was there and uh, In fact, I made that trip by myself. I was out there by myself and trained in Gold's Gym and watched the Bill Grant photo shoot, saw it in the magazine about six months later. Uh, That would have appeared probably in late 78 or early 79. And uh, if I remember correctly, that uh, it was an old, it looked like a standard old bodybuilding gym, wooden floors, Hadn't been swept in a couple of decades. Uh, the kind of gym that that we're all familiar with, uh, all of us old guys are familiar with, that uh, a lot of work had taken place in there. There were a few power lifters around at the time, and uh, it was a real interesting trip, what little I remember of it. But uh, the thing in Venice, I don't know what's going on down there, but this was in Santa Monica.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so I think they, I'm pretty sure they moved that, it's just, yeah, the one down in Venice is now the Mecca. Um, Probably stand-
1: what'll happen is somebody that's more familiar with that will comment on this conversation that straighten us out on the history that I'm no doubt misremembering. So sure. you're, in, uh, you're finishing, uh, uh, starting a residency? Yes, sir. In Stanford? Uh,
0: at UCLA. UCLA. UCLA.
1: How far is that campus from where you're living?
0: <laughs> so the hospital and the clinic that I work at 10 blocks or less uh, the Westwood Clinic which is where their medical school and Ronald Reagan Hospital is about two and a half miles three miles
1: from where I'm at mm-hmm. and then
0: yeah their undergrad campus is about four and a half miles so
1: hey let we me sh- ask you a personal question how much are you paying for rent in Santa Monica <laughs> <laughs> this will be good everybody get ready I'll give you a
0: range it's uh, somewhere between thirty five hundred and thirty seven hundred dollars a month
1: ah <laughs> Well, that helps us narrow it down. It's, uh,
0: it's uh, exorbitant. It's definitely not worth it. I think, though, a lot of that money goes to, like, geoengineering because sure. it, it's never rained here since I've been here. There's a nice dark layer of soot whenever I leave my car outside, so I'm sure that has something to do with this engineering. Um, also, the homeless people here, are very. they appear to be well-fed and well-groomed, so I feel like my money well, is any going kind somewhere.
1: Well, homeless, uh, homelessness is not that big a deal in a, in a, a climate as moderate as uh, Santa Monica, most of those people probably have master's degrees in some social science, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> have just found themselves uh, underemployed for a $3,500 a month rent, and so they just decided, hey, you know what? This fucking sidewalk's not that big a deal. It only gets I... down to 60, I can put on a newspaper and. Live just fine here. This is no you know, joke. Fruit growing in the yards and stuff. They just steal their food. And
0: I saw a pan. Panhand- it was panhandling or whatever. I, and I didn't contribute, but I, I felt I felt bad. You know, I'm an emotion. I, I mean, That's What's the point? Right. And so he, <laughs> I see him, and right in front of my building, he, he had used his cane or his walker to get over to his car, which was a Mercedes. Pop the trunk. <laughs> 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 and I, he spotted me. I saw him, and he's like. He spooked, but then he just got
1: into his car. And left. Like, what? You yeah. know, so somebody knows.
0: <laughs> now, lots well, now of people, people know. know. It's just, yeah, it's, well, uh, lots it's, of it's people know. It's an interesting <laughs> place to live. It's ridiculously expensive, uh, but you know, what it's you seventy-two be? degrees and sunny every day.
1: Hey, it's the weather tax. That's right. That's, That's the right. weather tax. So you uh, are currently doing a residency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are currently doing. Uh, several thousand personal training clients online, best I can tell, uh, you're training yourself. Mm-hmm. I assume you're sleeping, training. you're eating. Uh, yeah, it's hard to train under those circumstances. I'm sure you're gonna have to really postpone. You're just doing maintenance for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how in the hell do you manage your time on this, Jordan? I mean, we're all proud of you and everything. But uh, it, it seems like an, an, interesting, uh, an interesting problem to have to solve, medical school, uh, making a living, you know, so that you don't graduate from medical school, three and a half million dollars in debt, uh, uh, and training and, uh, and, uh, and sleeping, how's this accomplished? Tell me how you uh, set your day up.
0: Uh, it was funny. I actually did post a, a little graphic because like people kept asking me how they should take creatine, and so I went into this. and It's funny. I put from uh, four a.m. to eleven p.m. Uh, my my day consists of making potentially regrettable decisions that somehow, on balance, tend to work out in my favor. That's usually how <laughs> is set up. But uh, um, yeah, so I'll be yeah, just very frank. Uh, my I sleep usually between five to six hours a night on days that I'm working, which is most, you know, six days a week usually. Sometimes sometimes I work every day. Um, I'm pretty regimented. I wake up every morning, 4 a.m., uh, start making breakfast and start answering emails or interacting with clients. Usually get to either the clinic or the hospital at some point around 6, 6.30, depending on where I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and, yeah, anytime there's downtime, I don't... I don't just sit there. I don't know. The idea is well, you that
1: time, do you?
0: yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like I want to when I leave the hospital, or the clinic, I want to be done, right? So I don't take notes home with me. I don't take, um, you know, anything. And also the other thing, as soon as I leave clinics, so let's say I'll work six to four, and then I'll just go straight to the gym, and uh, I've got all my food with me. I've got my gym stuff with me. I usually ride my bike. Um, so, and as soon as I get to the gym, I used to have a pretty long, protracted warm up, just because I felt better. I knew it wasn't doing anything for me; it just made me feel better, right. right? And it's important how you feel. But now I don't have time. I don't have time for any of that. It's just funny I, that honestly, you
1: mentioned that. I just finished an article about warm up yesterday, and uh, I have written the same thing you just said. Uh, it may make yeah. you feel good, but it's just most most of it's completely unnecessary. We. That, that article will be on the website in a couple of uh, a couple of weeks. Those of you watching this podcast in the far distant future uh, on the video display, the heads up video display in your flying car, you can look that up on the website if there are still websites in the far distant future. <laughs> our our website back then was called startingstrength.com and you'll go to uh, uh, some advanced far in the future index function and look up warm up and it'll show up there so uh
0: yeah i just i dra- i have to keep a bar uh at this at the gym i'm training at and i drag the bar out of the container and put it in a rack and then as soon as i get my shoes on and i just start squatting usually and uh yeah usually five five or six warm-up sets is pretty much of oh, the ba- empty bar gets the blood
1: flowing i mean you may not feel great but what do does you do? the job you know? Not not trained. You mean like, that you don't foam roll for thirty minutes on each leg before you squat? <laughs> I, I just don't have time. Well, I thought so that was necessary. <laughs> or you need to activate your glutes or Glute- you know activation, or do some mobility to because you, you know, have I, MS, I guess. I don't know. I, you need to activate your glutes since they do extend the hips. It's uh, it's just not
0: economical from a training time perspective. No, I'd no, rather no. do it. I'd rather do an extra set of squats or two than uh, than do all this warm-up stuff that doesn't seem to help objectively that anyway. That, that, that you don't obtain a training effect from. Yeah. Know. I mean, so that's not always been my argument. and I always felt like, well, I can't, I have, if I have the time, it makes me feel better, okay. But mm-hmm. honestly, at the end of that day, when I'm finishing up my last set of pulls or whatever, I feel kind of crappy anyway. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, it doesn't you know. make that much of a difference. And, yeah. Uh, but, but I, I give know myself. I know uh, there several authorities claim that warm up is an extremely important part of the workout but it's not. Yeah, it really I mean, isn't. How, it's not. And just, you know, do some do what, some sets what, with what, an empty bars. What's the better and, way to warm up? Yeah, if if you're tr- if you're trying to squat, what's a better
0: warm up than squatting? I mean, it really there isn't. Not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you your mean first, think about
1: it. Anybody thinks about it for more than about second and a half understands that. So, yeah. uh if you're if you're injured
0: that's maybe a different story. You may have to do something to make yourself not feel injured. Well, yeah, for that's a rehab
1: That's not <laughs> that's not warm up. That'd be rehab. Yeah. So you get through training about six? So, yeah, I give myself two hours. And, I just time it. And it's, then it's you, just gotta be done. You come home at, at after six and and yeah. eat and then uh and back, then, back to the computer. And then work till midnight on client related stuff and then Get your five hours and do it again. Yeah, usually I usually dedicate
0: an hour to an hour and a half of actual studying, just like which tends to people like, oh, what are you reading these days? And it's always a book that I feel like I'm going to learn something, either medically or physiology or or psychology, something like that. So Right. uh, right now I'm reading Sapira's Guide to Bedside Diagnoses, which covers the sensitivity and specificity and implications of effectively every physical finding you could have on physical exam. So it's kind of interesting, and people are like, "You read that for fun?" I'm like, "Well, no, you, fun is irrelevant." Yeah, You're medical school. You know, yeah, the balance, you know. So, and people say you don't have any balance in your life, which uh, that's like a fair assessment. But you know, for a few years, I've, I'm gonna be imbalanced.
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean, just the way, you know, uh, and you know what? Quite honestly, the only place in the whole entire world that anybody would say uh, that your life is unbalanced <laughs> to a medical st- a medical student would be Southern California. Uh, well, it would occur to anyone else anywhere in the world to say something stupid like that to you, but uh, hey, look, I told you not to go there, didn't I? That's I told rip, you that. Uh, I, he did I, I, I told you that and we were <laughs> And now here we are. So uh, time management, I mean, I, everybody that uh, knows what you're doing is always in awe. Of how you managed to get all this shit done. So, uh, yeah, but you think about it. Like how many clients do you have right now? Um, I'm working, I personally. You don't work. have to say if you don't want to.
0: No, uh, well, I already told people my rent. I feel kind of like a jerk about that. Yeah. You know, just, well, but, you, no one's surprised by that rent. I, I mean, know, you're in it's, Santa Monica. I mean, good God. Yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm like okay with what I'm paying. I mean, this is easily triple. What I was paying in Virginia which I thought was also outrageous so it is outrageous but uh, <laughs> I need to move to North Texas where I can you know fact, what you can buy house. three houses <laughs> yeah I would have a house just, just your, to squat in a house to deadlift and a house to bench press you, you could <laughs> own
1: three houses <laughs> and make bank and house payments on uh, all three of those houses for what you're paying in rent right now uh, and that's um, one of the reasons I told you not to do that but no, what do I know? Hey, I'm just real. I'm just a Yeah, rib. well you've never been a you've never been a resident. I've never rib. been a resident. I've never <laughs> been a rent house. What do I know? I've never been a California. What do I know? <laughs> right.
0: Uh, never get old.
1: Um so no
0: I I uh yeah, the only other people who say that I should be balanced are peop are women that I'm in involved with. They say you're unbalanced, honey. This is usually before the it just before that thing goes, right. Yeah, it's just I don't understand what my, my goals are right now. But as far as clients, um, I typically work personally with between 70 to 100 depending on, that's usually my nidus, or sorry, the, the top end because I, I start getting too distracted. I can't remember or think about what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep pretty detailed records as far as what their sets of five are, what their volume is, how they tend to recover and uh, develop pretty elaborate tracking system. Just through trial and error because I always wanted to know like how many people are successfully making their sets how many people are seeing their weights go up Because I don't want to train somebody for you know a year and then yeah I put five pounds on my squat that's not a good relationship you know right. I sh- I need to make sure that everybody is increasing or or otherwise progressing so well
1: then I do, if if that's the case then two questions present themselves sure. uh one uh how does uh how do you feel as though the starting strength model works in, uh, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, handling okay. programming for a, for a, a, a person online that you don't actually train in person. And two, how do you think the model of online coaching itself works? Okay. So, uh, so to the first question, well, actually, well so let's go to the second question first. how do you what do you think about online uh, coaching? What are its limitations and what are its strengths? What, what can you and uh, can you not get done online?
0: Sure. So we'll cover uh, limitations first. One, not there in person, very hard to assess movement obviously being able to coach somebody in real time who's not I mean you know if someone's not squatting correctly it's hard to tease that out without being able to there in person right um, alternatively or sorry additionally people will just not have a big effort in the gym or whatever they feel like oh it's heavy it's like yeah well as a coach your bar speed looks fine so you should you should go up or uh, just sometimes having that extra person watching you so for instance if you're watching me squat I have a little extra. I gotta, I gotta make this set. Uncle Rip is watching, you know. So, um, additional limitations besides being, you know, that sort of real-time interaction um, it's just. I honestly feel like I learn way more after interacting with somebody in person, one time, than six months online. It, it's just you get a better sense, or uh, to use the medical or Yiddish word, uh, gestalt about the person um, mm-hmm. just by interacting with them what are their mannerisms how do they motivate themselves to actually get under
1: the bar you know what are going to be their obstacles towards going up so and this is why we say that coaching quote unquote coaching can't, can't capital happen. C coaching per, yeah. you know quotation marks coaching cannot occur uh remotely yeah coaching is a- an interaction between a coach and a trainee and uh and so uh I prefer the term online program consultation. What, uh, what Consulting. is, uh, it, yeah. would you agree with that as being a more precise use of the language? Yeah, yeah, and there are people who
0: say, well, I can Skype with my client and like coach them. And I'm like, mm, no, you uh, can't. Not really. Not really, not yeah, because really. you can't move around, you can't touch, like, you know, the, that tactile or oh, kinesthetic,
1: right. it's important. Um, and you, so. you can't see a quarter inch of depth in a video you just they're just not you know the lens issue the, the 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 angle issue the camera positioning there's all kinds of things that make one video angle limiting in terms of your ability to distinguish fine uh, degrees of a problem with depth or knee position or anything else sure. and uh, that and about a hundred other reasons means that that online is a less uh, um, uh, a, a precise way of approaching this problem but by the same token uh in a lot of cases it's a hell of a lot cheaper isn't it uh it's absolutely, more affordable yeah. for most people and
0: accessible i mean you know how many starting strength coaches do we have Uh um, 100 15 probably right yeah. now so, I mean, and, and you know, doc, uh, uh, Dr. Wakulia when he presented at the conference two years ago was talking about, you know, people's, the attrition rate or how people just not doing the program as, as we want them to do it. They have a very difficult time um, doing it. So I do feel that using online code, uh, you know, uh, interactions can um, make people do the program more appropriately.
1: It You know, it's not perfect. No. But it's, definitely, but it's it, better it, than nothing. I, I 100% yeah, agree. So it, we, you know, for certainly instance, certainly better have, than nothing, and it's probably for lots and lots of people worth paying for, isn't it?
0: Right. The other interesting thing that I found, so uh, Leah
1: Lutz, who we posted a video, or you guys have posted the videos of her recently. Goes, um, the th- second one goes up today.
0: Mm-hmm. Is, so she's, being
1: she's, when, those of you in the far distant future, <laughs> uh, Leah Lutz is probably by now, uh, she may be Secretary of State. <laughs> I mean, not to not to demean Leah in any way, but she may have become Secretary of State by now. And those of you in the far distant future, looking back, will now understand some of the uh, of the things that made this amazing woman what she is today. And uh, uh, I would just invite you to look up uh, the uh, website posting for what is today, the fourteenth. 14th Next, of it, September 2016. 14th September 2016, if we're still using that, uh, that <laughs> dating nomenclature in the far distant future, uh, and look up Leah Lutz and uh, see what uh, she has become and where right. she came from.
0: So she, yeah, and, and she's been a starting strength coach now for uh, a couple months. Uh, and yeah,
1: it's, six for, months for, probably. Six months for a
0: new coach, for a newer coach who is not a full-time coach. Which you know, a lot of the people who earn the Starting Strength credential also do other things. Just they're you know very successful. As you've always stated, that most Starting Strength coaches are incredibly busy. They're they're well-educated, hardworking people. So a lot of them have other interests, so they can't coach full time. Mm -hmm. Um, But this also limits their exposure to coaching the method. You know, consist all the time. Right. right, the limits—they're just the number of people they see. Um, so, one benefit—we've started this Starting Strength uh, novice group, where we get people who would otherwise be running linear progression on their own to do it under the eye, under her eye. So now she's seeing, and they have to send video for every work set of every lift for every training session they have, and so she's getting to see, you know, uh, 30, 30 different people squat, bench, deadlift, well, press
1: that's certainly giving her a whole bunch of excellent eyeball experience
0: yeah um, to the degree it's limited limited by you know the medium but so I find from a coaching standpoint it also helps you refine not only your eye but then also the tools that you're using to help uh, someone navigate their novice progression so uh, I guess overall the, there's limitations to online coaching interaction just by not being able to be there uh, right. you never get you never you don't and especially it gets i feel like Harder when somebody's an advanced lifter. So, if you're not in the gym with them, assessing how do they feel today, how's their recovery going? Do they have aches and tweaks, or what, what? How do we need to modify the program, right? So you can't, and it's just it's impractical to send somebody into the gym every time with the algorithm like, hey, if you feel bad, <laughs> do this instead, or if you feel, you know, from online. But worse, if you're seeing, a, you know, one of your lifters in the gym, and you're like, wow, your warm-ups look terrible. Like, all right. Let's do this t- today. Just you know, and tomorrow we're going to come in and do this other thing. You've you've been you're able to do that on the fly because you have that relationship. But you can't do that online, so it's pretty right. pretty hard limitation there. But somebody who's going to not read the book, go on the Wikipedia page and say, "Oh, it's starting strength. I'm going to do this."
1: <laughs> you know, I, I in fact I just the, the the article that goes up, I believe tomorrow is. Uh, uh, that I, I just wrote a little short piece uh, called, Why You Will Not Do the Program. <laughs> oh, that's perfect, I, yeah. It, it, you know, and I went back to Rakulia and, and talked to him about this, and uh, he recently went through the, the training logs that are posted mm-hmm. on the website. On our website, posted on our website, people who are using our website to post their training logs after having supposedly read the book Mm -hmm. and and trying to do the program exactly like we told them to do it exactly as it's written 1.9 percent of the people that even took a shot at doing the program uh, and and, you know posted uh, three workouts a week this sort of thing and this is all in this article. 1.9 percent actually did the program verbatim. 1.9 percent, something like six guys, six people out of 346, something to that effect. Those numbers are in the wow. in the article. It is just absolutely amazing, uh, and and the amazing thing is they're still making progress. The program, even done incorrectly, works pretty well. Works better than everything else. But you guys that are considering uh doing this program and think you know what you're doing might really want to consider really want to consider really 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 want to consider the idea of hiring an online program consultant to make sure that at least the numbers are being followed the way the numbers should be followed this Mm -hmm. you know that can't address your defined details of your squat form uh or, or power clean whether you got an arm pull or whatever on power clean but certainly uh we could help you with the five sets of five part what does that actually mean (laughs) three sets of five uh what does that actually mean one set of heavy five what does that mean what are the warm-ups what should they be uh how many hours of foam rolling should you do before and after the workout that sort of thing how many how many mobility wads should you execute in between the work sets? You know, well, so
0: so I've got so this gives me two questions for you then, Rip. I know right. you're supposed to ask the questions, but now well, hey. I'm gonna, it's a two-way street. So, right. question one: If we have 1.9% of the people who are, by all accounts, uh, self-selected for starting strength advocates or or, or fans because
1: they're on the website, they, there are fans, and only 1.9% of them are doing the program verbatim. Yes. So, so is that
0: indicative of either the method not being able to be followed without a coach or uh, just, a, just a gross misunderstanding in general?
1: I think it's a reading comprehension problem. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, Jordan operates a board, uh, the Nutrition Forum, on uh, uh, our, uh, our website, startestreet.com. And uh, it's a rather busy forum. He somehow manages, I forgot that, he somehow manages to work uh, answers to those board posts in. Uh, let me ask you in contrast, in, in response, oh. let me ask you a question. How many, of the, <laughs> how many of, the, of the posts that you receive, let's say, let's restrict ourselves to responses to what you've posted back. How many of, those, how many of the posts that you read under that uh, uh, in that context, indicate that the person typing right now has actually read what you just said. Oh, man. The small, small, small percentage. percentage. So yeah, if people yeah. Mm-hmm. read what they want you to have written, not what you wrote, or they write, what's the easiest thing for them is to respond to, not necessarily your response, because I don't know, because I don't know, because that's the way people are. Uh, You guys, uh, I mean, you go through my Q&A, and, and, uh, you know, a significant percentage of my responses will go, look, what did I just say? And what did you say in response to that? You're not, read it again, read it again, because the, I, I really do feel as though the problem is not, I think we have done a hell of a good job of, uh, of explaining this program. The program's not that complicated. The program no. involves finding out where you are now. And there's a specific way detailed, and I know you do the same thing. Uh, where are, what are you squatting right now? How do you find out what you're squatting? And when you, when you determine what that weight is, then the next time you come in, you're going to add 10 pounds to that and do five sets of five, three sets of five. You're going to add 10 five, pounds and do five three five sets kick. of five. You know. Who are you search, search, ready. And then, yeah. <laughs> or how many perfectly normal guys will start with an empty bar and do three sets of five, to 45 pounds, and then you ask them about it three months later and they say, well, I wanted to make sure that uh, oh. I, was, I was doing them correctly. And yeah. you'll say, look. That's not the program. You did not do the program because the program does not say start at forty-five pounds and make sure you're doing it right. You can't do it right with an empty bar anyway. But how many people? Yeah, Yeah, it's a waste of time and it's a waste of uh, uh, the opportunity to. to do things correctly and make progress but more importantly an empty bar is not squatted the way a heavy bar is so in, a, in essence you've practiced it incorrectly for about six weeks True. and as a result there's going to be technique problems and this all of this all of this stuff means that hiring <laughs> hiring well, you can't hire me too. i'm too expensive hire jordan Every, and hire nick nick back hire here nick. hire nick <laughs> nick is uh available to help you uh in 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 the same way that that jordan is and uh nick is uh a perfectly good program consultant uh lots and lots of us are available every starting strength coach in the in the country is available to help you with your programming and if you're going to be one of the 98.1 percent you're determined to be one of the 98.1%, why don't you let us help you save the time and just uh, jump right in and do it correctly and get some help, it'll save you. The time is certainly worth the money you'd pay for it and uh, the correct approach uh, is always more productive. Jordan, thanks for being with us. We'll talk more, (laughs) we're not through, There'll be several more parts. Uh, But today, I know we've reached the end of your limited attention span. So we'll say goodbye, thank you for being with us. Thanks to Jordan, see you next time on the podcast.